3: Covering the live betting angles for every game. This is VCN Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the
4: Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is hour number two of VCN Live Bet Tonight, coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds here on a Tuesday night. A lot of great college hoops games. On the slate, as you can kind of feel it starting rest, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Selection Sunday, less than three weeks away. Conference tournaments for the mid majors coming up, like what next week? I, I yeah,
3: believe? because we're <laughs> we are starting to wrap up regular seasons. Yeah. By the way, uh you know, as we get you know some of those lower majors like the Horizon League and mm-hmm. the Atlantic Sun and the Big South and and those type of conferences because. You know They say championship week, but there's like two championship weeks. I was going to say it's weeks. championship weeks. Yes, it's two weeks, basically, because mm. uh, obviously most of the power conferences are the second weekend, mm. ACC, Big Ten, etc., Big 12, what have you, but yeah, we're starting to get to that, so I'm glad you actually bring that up because there's a little bit of an angle that you can look at for and that's senior day. Now, every, now, every mm. senior day is different. Every senior day is different for a program, but one of the things you want to keep in mind, because everybody likes to bet that home team on Senior Day. Mm-hmm. Senior Day is not a happy day. Senior Day is a very melancholy day because your parents are there, your significant other is there, your siblings you're crying, and it's a lot going on. Yeah, it's your last ever home game there, and for in some of these like lower major programs, they don't know if they're going to have a home game, maybe in like the NIT or the college insider tournament or the cbi or whatever so they don't know so they're looking at that as that okay this is the last home game for us so that is one thing you want to keep in mind you don't want to necessarily always back the senior day teams and that's going to be taxed in the market too might be a very small tax it's not noticeable but it'll be in there you know oftentimes i think it might be it, it the best senior day spots are the ones for like underdogs That maybe have had a disappointing season where it's like this is our last chance you know at a a place like kansas where you've like accomplished something it's more of a distraction yeah the line's inflated and and you know and and you're sad because it's like hey i was part of the final i was part of the final four team or i was part of the championship team or you know we accomplished something for the programs that maybe don't have anything tangible that they accomplished They're the ones that I think are the most dangerous in senior day spots.
4: I'm glad you brought that up, though, because the senior day, like you talk about with the family, the friends, everybody around, like the distractions of, all right, let's make plans of where are we going to eat after the game or what are we going to do? When are you guys flying in? Who do we need to get picked up at the airport? What's going on? Like All these kind of little things that go on with coordinating with a group of people, like that happens, and these kids, quite frankly, get a little bit distracted, and that's an angle – that I didn't really know about until I started covering college basketball and I covered Mm -hmm. the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And their senior night games were always very weird, strange, underperforming kind of Uh, performances that they would put out there just because there was so much hoopla about senior night senior night Mm -hmm. and of course all those teams were going on to be one seeds two seeds in the tournaments where they had bigger aspirations than winning that particular game so I actually went back and looked a year ago around this time a year ago because I wanted to see if it was a thing and for Gonzaga their final home game of the season since 2015 they are one in seven ATS right and last year, I faded them on Senior Night. They were playing Santa Clara, mm-hmm. playing 22, and they ended up winning the game by like 18, yeah. 19 points. But it went ahead and got to the window. Yeah, because look, they're playing
3: a team that they obviously lay over. Yeah. It's not like they always get St. Mary's or no. something on Senior Night, or like BYU their biggest rival. Yeah. So so that's what you have. I mean, it's sad. you know. Some teams, by the way, they do the ceremony before the game. Some teams do it after the game. So so you never really know. And And now – It's even more random because you got some teams, you know, some kids that are like, okay, I'm going to do my senior day. You know, am I going in the portal? Am I going in the draft? (laughs) So it's even more
4: confusing. Yeah, no, it's a little bit more confusing, but just keep in mind. Starting next week, all these, uh, starting this weekend, I should say, the senior nights that we're going to see across college basketball. West. Let's get to some second half lines, though, in college hoops here. Georgia, Arkansas is at halftime, Razorbacks. woo Pig, Sui up 43 23 after 20 minutes. They're laying three, total 74.
3: Yeah, you kind of felt like this was a, a you know, show them who's boss type of spot mm. for the Arkansas Razorbacks who've really been struggling. Down the stretch, they do have Nick Smith back. We'll see if him and uh, Musk can get on the same page. Eight points in the first half for Smith. So, you know, we'll see if they could work that out because this is a kid that I think is going to be a lottery pick. I don't expect he's going to be back in Fayetteville next year, but this is a guy you need. You know, this is a guy that you need. And I remember Musk, I think it was last week, didn't play him in the second half against mm-hmm. Texas AM. It's like, why are you not playing a lottery pick? What's going on down there? Is there tension between the two? And you kind of read between the lines, but. Yeah, Arkansas laying over Georgia here, and uh, this would be, I think, two wins in a row. And you kind of felt like, you know, with Arkansas losing so many close games uh, after they had beaten Kentucky, they lose at home to Mississippi State. They lose at Texas A&M, a game that they led for a decent part of it. Then they laid over Florida, who is out without Castleton. They laid over Georgia. Big showdown on Saturday, though, at Alabama.
4: Yeah, no Arkansas, if they can kind of get things going in the right direction, maybe they can be a dangerous team coming out of the SEC. Also, Oklahoma trails Texas Tech at the break, 33-31. Sooners now laying two, total 73.
3: Sooners, uh, Sooners have had a tough run of late. Uh, just, just looking at them, I believe they're now one game under five hundred. Yeah, after they beat Alabama, and they ran Alabama, too, 93-69. to They lose at home by 10 to Oak State. They get blown out at West Virginia. They lose by 10 at Baylor, a game they should have covered. They fouled at the end, not that I remember that or anything. But (laughs) they lose by 23 at home to KU. Then they beat Kansas State, and then they lose a tough one at Texas by two. So... Oklahoma has been kind of going a little bit down in terms of the trending down. Meanwhile, Texas Tech has been trending up. Remember, they were 0-8 in the, in the Big 12, 10-10. They went at LSU in that SEC Big 12 challenge deal. Then they beat Iowa State at home. A game they were down like 23. Then they lose two. They lose at Baylor. They lose at Oklahoma State. But they've won three in a row now. They beat Kansas State at home. They beat Texas at home. They won at West Virginia. So that's why – as absurd as it sounds with Texas Tech being 15 and 12 and 4 and 10 in Big 12 play it's not absurd that they're not maybe that far out of the bubble because people are going to look at that record and be like wait a minute you know they shouldn't yeah. be considered they absolutely should be considered look at they beat Oklahoma tonight on the road and they beat TCU they got Kansas and Oklahoma state the last two games you know you go 3 and 1 down the stretch there at 18 and 13 they're going to be considered. Yeah. They're going to absolutely be considered. If and, they play
4: well in the. T- and and the I terms. think
3: the fact that they're healthy now, because I think injuries. You have to look at injuries when you're the selection committee of what is going on here, because it's like, okay, they're a different team with this guy in the lineup. So,
4: how about Iowa State and Texas? the The Longhorns have come out and have put a big performance against the Cyclones, 47-29 after twenty minutes of play. Pick them. Is our second half line total? Yeah,
3: yeah. You don't see the Cyclones give up fifty five percent and a half very often, and nine of sixteen from the three. You know, Texas. I think everybody kind of thought, and I don't know how far they're going to go in the tournament, but everybody I think kind of thought that this team was just going to go in the absolute crap heap when they when Chris Beard was let go. Yeah, you know, and and, and forced uh, and forced out. Uh, but you know. This is a tough conference, and for this team to still be in contention to win the Big 12 title, because if they win tonight, they're tied with KU. And remember, remember KU did beat them, of course, at the Fog, but Texas gets Kansas in the season finale on March 4th, on Saturday, March 4th, so they're going to be right in there. So everybody thought, okay, this is Rodney Terry. You know, yes, he had dropped off from Chris Beard as a coach, yes, but Rodney Terry's been a head coach a couple different places, uh, at UTEP, at Fresno State, been an assistant for some big programs. So I think maybe people sold this te- this Texas team a little quickly.
4: Yeah, they most definitely did. I mean, it, it, I thought that it was going to be something that shakes up the program when uh, they let Chris Beard go, but kudos to those kids and, and to that yeah. staff there to keep things together. And, and, and look I think, really
3: good. you know, Rodney Terry, I mean, he's, he is the interim coach. He's got to see, okay, can I get the job? Maybe, but I'm very much an outside chance. But he's auditioning maybe for somewhere try. else, too, you know, to go, hey, I can coach a, a Power Six program in college basketball. I don't have to be a mid-major coach. I, I would think Texas would go outside, you know, to try to be because they're Texas and they have a ton of money. And they can. Perry, what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They can get names interested. They can get big names. Texas is a place where they can come take your coach. mm they're, they're one of those jobs. You know, those places are like Kansas, Carolina, Duke, Indiana kind of used to be that way. They can go get your coach. You know, they don't have to necessarily get the plucky mid-major guy that makes a run in the tournament.
4: No, they're, they're, they're taking big boys. Yes. Uh, speaking of Indiana, they're at the half right now, taking on Michigan State over at the Breslin Center in East Lansing. Sparty. Up thirty five twenty nine. We talked about, hey, they might start slow, but once they settle in, Sparty could be a play in-game. There, were, were as high as plus 180 on the money line world. They have a six-point lead up for 20 minutes. The Michigan State is a half-point favorite. I'm seeing some pick in the market for the second half line, but the total is at 73.
3: Yeah, 22-7 run at the end. Uh, you look, Indiana shooting better 50%. Michigan State only 43. I think what really turned the tide in that game was – When Jalen Huchifino picked up that second foul, he got auto-benched, which, look, that's a pet peeve of mine. It's like, you know, we saw it last night where Bill Self trusted Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson with two fouls in the first half. Huchifino goes to the bench, and Michigan State makes a massive run, 35-29. to If anything... I would look at Indiana in the second half. I've got Michigan State mudding line, so you know at least maybe a potential middle there. I was going to say,
4: you're going to try it for the middle?
3: I think I might. I, I, I did it with the Marquette that I mentioned earlier, yeah, and that's working point. out okay. So. We might try another one here.
4: Yeah, Marquette's been playing well. there. are uh, right now. They're only down by one at the under twelve timeout in the second half against Creighton. The Blue Jays are laying two and a half total. Is one fifty two and a half in what should be a close game in the Big East. But West has already got the app. You get the apps loaded up. You get yeah, for yeah. It. I'm just looking at the
3: screen here and yeah. seeing what's gonna monitor as my alum chain is blowing up my phone.
4: So, <laughs> well. All your friends need to stop texting you so you can focus on me. I know. I know. I've got it. <laughs>
3: I tried to just turn it down. Maybe it's got to be completely vibrated now.
4: We'll get it resolved on the other side. It's Visa and Live Bet tonight. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny
0: USA.
3: He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed.
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC
1: podcasts. If you dare.
0: What's up? I'm John Wall.
1: And I'm CJ Toledana. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year...
3: This is VSIN Live Bet Tonight with Femi Ababafe and Wes Reynolds, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network.
4: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every game at vison.com Welcome back. This is VEASAN Live Bet Tonight. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. Right now we're at halftime at a number of college basketball games, but we have resumed the second half play between Texas Tech and Oklahoma, but I think the game that's most interesting as of right now happens to be Marquette and Creighton. Mm-hmm. Shaka Smarts Club, the Golden Eagles, yeah. have taken the lead here midway through the second half of 56-53. Uh, Creighton is still the in-game favorite, but they're barely hanging on it.
3: Feels yeah, like. I'm, trying, I'm trying to get the middle here, but it may end up being a hedge. You <laughs> yeah. know, I call it the hedge middle because sometimes it works out the other way, but yeah, I have Creighton uh, in the back end of a money line parlay with uh, Missouri, who did get there in overtime earlier, and took Marquette for the second half. And look at that second half field goal shooting. Creighton's still shooting 50% in the second half. Marquette, 64% for the second half. Creighton, seven turnovers. And look, Shaka Smart, that's what they do. A little bit of havoc up there in Milwaukee, and, and that's what they do. They force you to turn it over five steals already in the first 10 minutes for Marquette here in the second half. So you've seen the shooting kind of narrow a little bit. Creighton still hitting nine threes Marquette only four, but Marquette getting in the bucket, uh, um, uh, Creighton's got five fouls in the second half Marquette with four. So, you know, that's basically what I tried to do. It was like, okay, I've got Creighton to win. So essentially I got Creighton as a pick'em as the second half of that money line Barley. And then they were up eight at the half. So, you know, take Marquette plus one for the second half. So I got Marquette plus nine. So Creighton uh, by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or eight would be good. But Marquette <laughs> and Shaka Smart has other ideas right now.
4: Yeah, shocking. I don't know what he said at halftime, but whatever it was. Yes, he did. <laughs> He's got them boys yeah, playing. He, he
3: does. And then they're pressuring Creighton, and Creighton's turning the ball over too darn much. They've already got 13 turnovers with 10 minutes left to go in the second half. And that's something that you don't expect a veteran team with veteran guards like Creighton to do. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, they're not tops in the country, but they're like 65th in the country for turnover percentage, 16.6%. And, you know, you have you have a you have some senior guards and you know they got a couple sophomores out there, but these are guys that were experienced though. Like Nemhard played a lot of minutes last year yep. for Creighton as a freshman. Trey Alexander played a good amount of minutes as a freshman. So I know that they're not seniors, but they are still experienced. So uh, we'll see if they can uh, take care of the ball and get the ball to Ryan Kalkbrenner would be a good suggestion here, shooting seventy percent. From the floor, he is third in the NCA. Obviously, he gets a lot of his stuff at close
4: range. Yeah, it feels like they're just having trouble getting him the basketball.
3: No, yeah, they're at Marquette. Marquette's, but, Marquette's doing a good job yeah, denying. They shut off and the and Brenner. they're doubling him. So you know you got to get some penetration, and there's a tough turnaround yeah. Uh, jumper. Yeah, yeah, Marquette. Marquette's made really good adjustments here. Uh, you know, fronting Calkbrenner and then playing behind him a little bit. Marquette also making some shots. They were due probably some positive shooting regression,
4: and they have it right now. Yeah, this thing has gone gone a little icy cold for for Creighton. We'll see if they can grind it out. Their defense with Brenner has been awesome, but uh, Mm -hmm. as Marquette just drains in another three, so now they're up by six with under nine minutes to play. Uh, Before we resume here in uh, East Lansing, you went ahead and decided to make that bet. I I did.
3: I took the plus at half a point, so it's Indiana plus six and a half, and then I got Michigan State money line. One of the reasons I did it is because I think you look at the scenario, and I'm going to repeat a little bit because I know we were kind of up against it at the last break. Mm -hmm. We were in here for Kansas TCU last night. Yep. And remember, Kansas was down. Had to take uh, Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick out for about four minutes. He brought him back at 525 of the first half. Both those guys had two fouls. This KU team, it's not really super deep either. Mm -hmm. And brought him back and trusted him. Meanwhile, what happened here with Indiana, and this is where Mike Woodson's kind of a little bit of an old school coach and inexperienced, I think, as a college coach at this level. Yeah, you know, it's not the NBA where you got ten, eleven dudes <laughs> that are going to play. Where it's like, okay, I can sit this guy because I got a guy off the bench. Indiana was up 22-13 to with 6.14 left to go when Jalen Hochefino, Indiana's star freshman guard, got benched for the rest of the half with the second foul. What's Michigan State do? They close on a 22-7 run. Now, keep in mind with Indiana, you do not have Xavier Johnson because that obviously helps not only offensively but especially defensively Defense, as Indiana yeah. hits a shot there. So Michigan State did start with that three, a 25-7 to run, so... Huchafino, you, you, you got to tell him not to foul. I mean, it'd be so much different. That's where they miss Xavier Johnson, especially defensively, because that gives you another stopper. And then Joey Hauser, wet from yeah. three. Huchafino got a little lost there. Yeah, he did. And, and and uh, you know, they get lost on some of those ball screens, and that's what concerns you. Time out on the floor for Indiana. This is getting away from them a little bit. 1844 left to go. Sparty's got a 10-point lead.
4: You mentioned Xavier Johnson. Is he expected back in the next couple of weeks? He he
3: was warming up. He's been warming up the last couple of games and they say he's practicing. I think it's going to be close to the end of the month. So, you know, I guess it's game by game, but I I, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if he'll be ready for Purdue on Saturday, but you got two home games. You close out with Iowa at home and then you close out with Michigan at home. I would expect, you know, at least by senior day, but I think end of February, maybe the first game in March is when he's going to be back. Obviously, that can change, but he has been doing some warm ups.
4: All right. Well, that, that, it definitely adds a, a veteran guard and some defensive prowess, and and like you said, somebody who just has experience for the Hoosiers. Because now I'm invested in the Hoosier success. Uh, would like to yeah. see them cut down the Ex- exactly. That but uh, yeah, nice. they had, they
3: had to get a timeout there because uh, two quick threes from Michigan State. Uh, I, I mean, they—they they, Indiana did a nice job, and we kind of what we thought that they might do. They did a really nice job early on, in the first like ten or so minutes of the game, mm-hmm. managing the energy. Of course, Michigan State. We talked about the emotion of the events that happened in East Lansing last week, and you know that maybe the players are going to be a little bit tight. They are going to be a little bit emotional. They know the crowd's excited, sell sold, sold out as it usually is at the Breslin Center, and then they settled in. And then what changed? That second felon, Jalen Huchfino, and I know the Big Ten officials, man, they they can make that impossible for you to do that, too, because these guys have been whistle-happy, just very inconsistent officiating. But I digress upon that. But now <laughs> now, now, Indi- now, Indiana's up against it here a little bit, uh, and they're going to have to try to find a way. Speaking of up against it, Creighton down 10.
4: Yeah, I was just about to mention Creighton that. now down 10 points here. Uh, they're catching six and a half on the live spread total is now 149 and a half mm-hmm. Creighton's plus 470 on the money line at home against Marquette this has just been an absolute drubbing in the second half by the Golden Eagles I mean uh, as impressive a performance on the road as you'll see I think in a conference play
3: yeah no no question about it uh this is uh you know and maybe this is Marquette making the statement that who's the real team to beat in the big East because Connecticut I think is the highest power rating. In terms of when you look at the mattress, I think Ken Palm still has them like six best in the country. Even though UConn nine and seven, no chance to win the big East, at least in the regular season. This is Marquette. Who's got a one game lead over Creighton and Providence saying that we are the team to beat. They are number three, by the way, in the country in terms of adjusted offensive efficiency. I think the only two teams that are better than them right now are Gonzaga and
4: Baylor. Wow. Oh, that, that's that's pretty good and and Gonzaga uh,
3: is usually up there near the top pretty yeah, much every always, single
4: year yeah, yeah they're always number one or two and in, in the offensive efficiency at least the adjusted offensive efficiency on Ken Palm uh the get right spot is going pretty good here for the Arkansas Razorbacks they've uh damn near doubled up Georgia they're up 62 34 currently laying 28 and a half but the total though is more interesting at 144 and a half as Wu Pig looks like they're gonna continue to build upon uh some positive
3: yeah momentum. they they need they need to and take care of business here because then you got some uh as uh as uh jim ross would say business is about to pick up because <laughs> business will pick up because you, you got you got to go to alabama on saturday
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah alabama also what do you make of that situation um, for those of you who don't know I've been, yeah, yeah
3: yeah i'm like we got to talk
4: about yeah, that yeah, don't we, we talk about that at some point um obviously be uh, the, the There was one of the players, Darius Miles, was uh, being investigated for mm-hmm. murder um, mm-hmm. on that Alabama team. And then now today the report came out from uh, Alabama.com. One of the uh, journalism um, institutions out there saying that their star freshman, Brandon Miller, was the one who – Gave Darius Miles right. the gun. Now we don't know if whose gun. I don't know if it was reportedly Darius Miles's gun, mm-hmm. and maybe he just texted him. But there's just a lot going on here with this Alabama team that is thought of as a national title contender, and now here you have their star player's name being attached to a potential, yeah, reported murder.
3: Yeah, and and obviously Nate Oats took a lot of heat, and I think deservedly so for like a. Wrong place, wrong time, or some variation. Nate Oates, by the way, issued a statement a couple hours ago trying to clarify the remarks. Uh, You know, it's one of those old things, Femi, if you're explaining, you're losing a little bit. And I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to play out for Alabama, but... Not exactly what you want this time of year or any time no,
4: for that matter. No, it's a, it's a tough times down there in Tuscaloosa and tough times right now for the Hoosiers. They're down by 10 against Michigan State. We'll uh, talk more about this on the other side. It's Visa and Live Bet Tonight.
3: This is VSim Live Bet tonight with Femi Bebefe and Wes Reynolds live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSim, the sports betting
1: network.
4: As basketball and hockey seasons continue, Bet Rivers online sportsbook is the place to be. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, Saturday hockey same game parlay bet, and get weekly. Pro basketball, bet and get, and more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. Welcome back. This is v Live Bet Tonight. Femi and Bebfe alongside Wes Reynolds here at the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Right now, Creighton starting to fight a little bit now after they got down by as many as 10. Yeah. They've cut it to five, four and a half minutes to go, though, uh, in that game. And the live spread in total have been taken off the board here. As have the money lines, so uh, we'll yeah. see if those get po- posted back Yeah, 4.27 back
3: up left to go. Uh, Creighton now only down by five. But uh, we have all left. Yeah, a lot a lot of time left, but uh, is time getting short for the Hoosiers? It very well could be. They are now down 12, uh, 51 to 39. Michigan State's extended that Oof. lead, minus 10.5, 146.5. Boy and I, I'm seeing a lot of people that are covering the game that I, you know, I follow uh, for IU Games various reporters. Mm-hmm. Trace Jackson Davis and I could see it on the TV looking a little weary at least for the legs tonight. Now, I don't know if that's a, you know, a foreboding for the rest of the season necessarily, Let's but hope not. this is a dude that obviously has played a ton of minutes this year. I mean, if if you look game by game, I mean, this is not a guy that gets a lot of uh, blows uh, on the bench here. Mm -hmm. 37 minutes against Illinois, played 39 at Northwestern, played all 40, didn't come out against Michigan, 39 against Rutgers, 39 against Purdue, 38 against Maryland, 33 against Ohio State, 39 against Minnesota, 39 in the first meeting against Michigan State, 35 against Illinois, 33 against Wisconsin, 33 against Penn State, 40 man. against Northwestern, 38 against Iowa because he missed those two games with the back, and, and he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't really healthy uh, uh-huh. for the first few games of the, of the Big Ten season starting January, so this guy has played a lot of minutes, and man, they are so dependent on him, and I think to a degree, Jalen Huchifino as well. This is where, you know, you miss Xavier Johnson in terms of like that situation with Jalen Huchifino, but... Gotta have somebody's got to step up. You got to get a third scorer. It can't just be, and that's why Indiana could be an early exit in the NCAA tournament because it's yeah. like you shut down one of those guys. You know who's going to step up? Uh, you know, as Race Thompson misses a hook shot there. Michigan State, by the way, six of six from the floor here in the second half, and that shot is blocked at the rim. Oh, uh, they did they? Foul. Did they call a foul underneath there? But. Yeah, but but I mean, Trace is you know he's on the Thibodeau plan,
4: man. Yeah, I, I mean I, he is
3: playing heavy I, minutes.
4: Like, like it, we got we got to do some load managing for for, for TJD. I, here. I
3: thought I thought that was a clean block. Yeah, it was, but, I, I, I didn't like it in real time. But 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 you know somebody's got to step up offensively. So you got to have a third option. You got to have a race Thompson or or, or Miller Cop makes some threes here, or, or yeah, you know somebody off the bench. And that's a little bit of the problem with Indiana, is they don't always get that consistency. Every once in a while they get it. But you look mm-hmm. at Trace right now, he's got nine points, uh, four rebounds, five assists. I mean, you would expect him to have like 15-8 and eight by now, yeah. with 15-18 left to go in the second half. So, yeah, this has been a strange game and Trace. Trace also, it's mental, too. It's not just physical. He's got five turnovers tonight, so this has not been a vintage game for trace jackson davis so this is where okay you're indiana you got to you got to start making some threes you got to start you know running when you get a turnover as trace does make a nice move there and he's going to get an and one opportunity nice pin down a rare pin down run by indiana there
4: now now in the hoosers defense i mean it it's been a hell of a run here to start february the schedule has been daunting. I mean, you start February playing Purdue at home in, a, in an emotional game. Then you play that rough and tumble game they, against Rutgers. You go to Ann Arbor and play that game, mm-hmm. and then the emotional game out there against Northwestern. Yeah, and you come back. And then it takes everything to get back into the game and beat Illinois. This is a, this almost feels like a scheduled loss. Well, a,
3: and that's why one of the reasons I like, like Michigan State because. I'm glad you brought that up, Femi, because I think that's an important point for the audience out there and for betters out there. When you look and a team has had a lot of close games, and we're going to take all five games here in February, five-point went over Purdue. Mm-hmm. They had a big lead. Purdue made a run, which you knew that they were going to. They were number one team in the country, and Indiana held on. Then they had to hold on against Rutgers in kind of a grinded-out game, only won by six. And then at Michigan, they came back and got a stop at the end. Michigan kind of gave the game away. And then at Northwestern, they had to make that big comeback, and then they got beat, the the non-push-off call, boo -boo booey, and they lose by two, and then they win by three against Illinois. So you've had five straight games decided by two possessions by six points or less. And when you have those high – I call them high-leverage games. When you have those high-leverage games, you just get your energy sapped. Yeah, You know, I mean, I don't care if it's college basketball or if it's the NBA. You get your energy sapped, and those are things that you want to look for, these teams that are winning these close games because you can only keep your energy for so much so long before you eventually, you know, kind of cave in in a certain spot, and maybe this is the cave-in spot for Indiana.
4: I think the Hoosiers might be one of those teams that would benefit from losing early in the conference tournament. As crazy as that sounds, Mm -hmm. But like when you are so dependent on just like a few guys like Trace Jackson Davis Jalen Hood Shiffle, yeah like, you, you you you're well, gonna need to get those guys some rest you know honestly.
3: you saw it with this team last year now they needed to win two games yeah, just to, to get in had, just to get in to the NCAA tournament when they beat Illinois and then they beat Michigan then they had that close game where they got beat at the buzzer by Iowa on Saturday in the Big Ten semifinals in Indianapolis the tournament by the way will be in Chicago this year but you know you could see. Indiana had to play that game against Wyoming on and, Tuesday and yep, Dayton they'd, they'd in the beat. first four, and, they, and they'd beat them. And then against St. Mary's, because they, they had to go all the way from Dayton, Dayton to Portland, they had like one day in between. Mm-hmm. And they had energy for about 12 minutes, and then St. Mary's went on a little run, and you just saw it, the world caved in on Our them. Cut. I mean, they were done, and you knew they were done. There was no chance that they were going to come back. So you get these little scheduling dynamics. That's why a lot of people are so tempted when they win those conference tournaments, especially the weekend, you know, a day, whether it's on, whether they finish on Saturday night or on Sunday night for that championship final in the conference, everybody wants to back that hot team, right? Uh-huh. Everybody wants to back the hot team. And you can see that they can lack some energy in that first game. Now, oftentimes, especially if they're a really high or higher seed, like if they're a two seed, three seed, they've got enough because they can out talent whoever they're playing. Mm-hmm. But that is something I don't like to do going into the NCAA tournament is better. I don't like to
4: back – oh, they're the I, hot team. I prefer my teams to lose. No, I, I, I don't really either. Now,
3: now, there's a part of me from being an Indiana fan, it's like, well, we've never won the Big Ten tournament, so I'd like to win a trophy. Yeah. You know, but that does kind of hinder you in March a little bit. Like, that's why I was saying last year, I was like, yeah, let's win the conference tournament. I don't give a damn if we get beat in the first round. We're back in the NCAA tournament, hadn't been there in a few years, but – to your point, you do need that energy and especially, you know, if you get put in those Thursday Saturday games. Mm-hmm. Because there's Thursday, quick, quick Saturday, turnaround. and then there's Friday, Sunday. So
4: Yeah, it's a very quick turn, especially for the Big Ten that their championship game is on Sunday. Selection Sunday, it literally is the lead in to Selection Sunday, is the Big Ten title game. And then you have what Two hours or so, three hours to get all the travel stuff situated. Mm-hmm. You're probably traveling Monday or Tuesday to whatever your location yeah. is. And then you have the Wednesday media obligations. Well, yeah,
3: because you have Thursday the you have games. the open practice at yeah. the venue where people can come watch. It's very I mean, condensed. I remember when Indiana <laughs> used to get put in the uh, in the old Hoosier Dome. Uh, you know, now the uh what was the RCA Dome, now it's Lucas Oil Stadium, but you know, you'd get thirty thirty five thousand to watch Indiana do layup drills. Yep you know, for practice. And then they do have the, uh, they do have, of course, the media day and the obligations that you have to do. And are you going to be the early game? You know, are you going to be the later game? Because I always look to when, when we have the uh, brackets announced, not just the brackets, I look at the tip times. I look at the TV times because that is honestly what I use a little bit as a handicapping tool. I don't use it exclusively, but I use that as a handicapping tool where it's like, okay, what got scheduled in the early window on Thursday? Because what are they promoting? The madness, yep. March madness. There is usually an upset scheduled yep. in that first TV window. It's a 12-5. Yeah, every single time. And you just got to pick which one it's going to be because – they want those upsets. They want those upsets on Thursday. And then what are we going to see on Friday? Like sometimes you see, okay, where there's one day where there's all upsets, and then the next day there's like nothing. It's chalk. So they want those upsets, but then they want you out by the Sweet 16. They'll, they'll take like one Cinderella. They want one Cinderella, yeah. these networks. One double digit. And then it's yeah. like, dude, we don't want like a bunch of 15s and 14s. You know, we, we, we'll take one St. Peter's, but we don't want three or four.
4: Yeah. Because no. you want the best teams. And I think the viewers want the best teams. Well, how long has it been where we've had a double-digit seed reach the sweet six? I feel like it's been like six, seven years in a row that we've had. Remember Lo- Loyola? Yeah. Loyola was able
3: to Actually, do it. Was Loyola a double-digit or were they a I nine? Mean- Mm. They might have been a nine. The sister Jean year where they went to the final four, I think they were a nine. Let me see, let me, now i got to look this stuff but, up. But, but yeah, you have been seeing. Usually there's almost like one double digit that does make the Sweet 16. Yeah,
4: it's, it feels like it's like clockwork. You'll get one. I mean, last year, obviously, we had St. Peter's. as the 15 go all the way to the Elite Eight. The year that Loyola went, was it 2017? Well, we'll figure this out on the other side as we wrap up our number two. It's Visa and Live Bet tonight. Yeah. <laughs>
3: This is VSIM Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abemafe and Wes Reynolds, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIM, the Sports Betting Network. If
4: you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSIM experts have you covered. Become a VSIM Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSIM Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guest tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where experts break down brackets, best bets, and daily props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vison.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is VEASAN Live Bet Tonight. He's Wes Reynolds. I'm Femi Abebefe, hanging out in downtown Las Vegas, the Circle Resort and Casino, and it looks like Marquette yeah, is going to get a big-time It's win. danger
3: time for Creighton. Creighton had tied it up. Marquette makes a bucket. Creighton has an open look at a three. I, I think it was Alexander, and he missed it. Marquette gets a rebound, goes down, and hits two foul shots. So 73-69. to 69, I believe there's about 9.3 left to go. Obviously, they're showing the resume for Creighton. They'd be a projected five Creightons easily in the NCAA tournament. So is Marquette. But Marquette trying to really take control, I think, of the the Big East right now. Marquette would be projected a four. I think that that's pretty fair uh, when you look at them. So 73 to 69. I don't know. I don't think there's a live price up uh, as of now. Yeah, it's disappeared. Yeah, it's disappeared. So uh, uh, Creighton got to get a quick bucket, whatever it is. I mean – you know, I don't want to say, oh, you don't need the three. You actually do need the three when you're <laughs> down four. When you're down four, you absolutely do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. You need
4: a three here, guys. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. You, yeah, you need it like you need to breathe. 9.3 yeah. left to go. Both teams have a timeout. Marquette, if they get the win tonight, they go to 14-3. and 3. That's a game-and-a-half lead over Providence. So, you know. Uh, and Creighton was 1-1 one, one back. Uh, Xavier, of course, they get upset tonight by Villanova. So this is a very good night for Marquette. Providence, by the way, has to go on the road to UConn tomorrow. Oof. UConn laying 7, 7.5 in the market. UConn not in the mix, I think, to win the regular season right now. But probably a lot of the power ratings really still consider them the best team in the conference.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way that uh... – I would read on that one as well. So Creighton, let's see what they do here. Down down by four, nine point three seconds to go. We'll see if they can get the, uh, the all three pointer, dial something up for Baylor Shireman, maybe Yeah. Yeah, you
3: know? they yeah, they get they definitely gotta go quick, whatever they do. Pull up three, that's about as good of a look as you were going to get. Put back in by Ryan Kalkbrenner, but one point nine left to go. Looking like this is going to be, uh, 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 didn't work Little out hedge. for a middle, a hedge, yeah. though. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, okay, I got off a loser. Exactly.
4: That, you and, know? And, and that's why we always like, we try to talk about these games from a, a, a pure standpoint, and not with our bets in mind, because there are plus EV bets to make on both sides mm-hmm. of things. And and you help mitigate a loss well, by making that and And, bet and, on and,
3: and one of the things, too, is the fact that these numbers now. You know, we kind of talked about that with Matt Grill at DraftKings earlier in the program. Now you are seeing a little bit of these adjustments from the numbers that aren't just necessarily power ratings, which means these numbers are even tighter and tighter and tighter. And they're especially going to get tight. Look, we all like to bet the NCAA tournament. Keep in mind, those are about, even though there's some unfamiliar teams to some folks, those are about the tightest numbers you're going to bet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's why you see a lot of a lot of pro bettors like they bet the NCAA tournament, too. But you're seeing them look at the bigger edges probably from a spread perspective or like the NIT or the CBI or the lesser the non NCAA tournaments, because then it's a little bit like a bowl handicap. Then it's a little bit about like, okay. Who's motivated? <laughs> yeah. Who's excited to be here? Do you got a team that got snubbed in the NCAA tournament and then get to the, you know go to the NIT? Because the NIT, by the way, is owned by the NCAA now, so that's how they operate it. So it's like, do you got somebody that's really excited for the NIT?
4: Yeah, are they going to pout about especially the
3: ones that like just got snubbed? Like you know maybe some of the mid majors kind of knew their fate. The week before, so it seems like they have an opportunity to kind of get right. You know, it's mm-hmm. like get re- get refocused. We've had some time off, but it's like, hey, we're still playing basketball, y'all.
4: It feels like the Power Six, sometimes the Power Six teams kind of pout and be like, well, we should have made it, we should have made it. And then they kind of just lay an egg in the NIT. Mm-hmm. Like that, that definitely is. I mean, what was it? Kentucky when they lost to. Yeah. Who, who they lose to in the NIT one year? Was oh, gosh. It, was it, it, it Gardner Webb? Yeah, the Gardner Webb or somebody. Yeah. Maybe Robert Morris? What those yeah, teams? it might have been. I know
3: what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, like, yeah.
4: Kentucky was like, all of a sudden they go ahead and catch an L in the NIT. And it's yeah. Like, Man, this is. This is not because
3: Because y- you get those, like, last four out or those first four out end up being the one seeds in the NIT bracket, so, you know... Yeah, it's all about who's going to be motivated, you know, and maybe one of these lower major teams that get in the NIT that won their conference tournament. Because you get an automatic bid when you win your conference tournament or when you your regular season, yep. and you get beat as the one seed. Now, usually that doesn't apply, obviously, to like a Big Ten. That's going to apply to like the Horizon League champion or the Big Sky champion or one of the lower majors. It was Robert, Robert Morris. Morris. Thank you, Matt. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Robert Morris. They lost to in the NIT. But that's what you see is like, you know, maybe some of those lower pro, those lower major programs get a little bit motivated because it's like, okay, we get to go play at Kentucky or at a Syracuse or somebody mm-hmm. like that on the road. You know, so of course they're going to give an effort because yeah. it's like those are schools that those kids would have loved to have been recruited by. Yeah. So,
4: and then if you go all the way to the semifinals, you get to go to the Mecca. Mm-hmm. To go play, yeah. There's
3: nothing wrong team. with nothing wrong with that, but uh, there's something wrong with Indiana right now, and what's wrong with them is they're about to get run out of the Breslin Center, 61 to 48. Indiana did make a little bit of a run there, but boy, it's the t- the green and white's got the energy, and the cream and crimson yeah. do not. 61 48, eight twenty four left to go, minus eleven in the hook for Michigan State, one forty one and a chance half.
4: Down by two. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's going on there? Did, I don't think they're going to call the foul. Yeah. So because because Marquette missed the free throw. Yeah down uh, up by two. So then Creighton they had a chance to potentially win the game with a half court heave. But uh, that's going to be no good as there was a little bit of contact but not enough for them to make that call in that spot. (laughs) That would have been been a little bit too much there. So Marquette hangs on to beat Creighton 73 71. Yeah I believe it was uh, Baylor Shireman. That uh, tried to put this one up. And yeah, they're not going to give you that call. No. He tried He tried his best.
3: No, man, man. I'm watching a lot of the guys <laughs> in the pro <laughs> game
4: there. He tried his best. Um, but to put a bow on uh, the conversation we had in the last segment, we were talking about Loyola Chicago. They were indeed a double-digit seed. They were an 11 seed the year that they went to the Final Four, Sister Jean, and all that hype that was uh, put into that one. Unfortunately, they lost to Michigan in the national semifinal. But I was looking during the break, Wes, and I was going back tournament after tournament after tournament to try to find when the last time we didn't have a double digit seed in the week, in the Sweet 16 and the last year where there was no double digit seed mm-hmm. in that 6 Sweet 16 was 2007. So since 2008 every single year we've had at least one double digit seed make it all the way to the second weekend.
3: Absolutely. Now you got to figure out when you're doing your bracket which who's, one's going to make it. it because be? yeah, you can't just go Okay, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, <laughs> yeah. four, one One. Now, usually, one of the regions, it's going it to be all like the top that. four. One, yeah. two, three, four. But you'll get a lot of okay. You know, if a one seed gets beat in the second round, nine versus five, or mm-hmm. you know, thirteen. You know, uh, uh, eleven versus two, or yep. something like that. I mean,
4: because I was looking at like past brackets, we've had some 11-10s in oh, the Sweet yeah. 16. We had an oh, 11 yeah. 10 last year in the oh, Sweet yeah. 16 with Iowa State, and uh, I believe it was Miami who they yeah. were playing. Yeah. So it's like you're going to have some of those situations where sometimes a bracket just absolutely explodes, mm-hmm. and then there's a team that's on the other side that's waiting to capitalize on that, yeah. kind of like Carolina playing St. Peter's in the, in the Elite Eight, also kind of like Kansas last year. I mean, think about what happened to their region. I mean, the, the 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 best team they played in their region was Providence, who everybody thought was a fraud.
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, like it, it was a, it was a absolutely hell of a run look, and and that's the thing. Like we always kind of look. Okay, they had an easy region or whatever. Doesn't matter when you get in nope. the NCAA tournament, you play who's in front of you. And and, and like you get an easy region, so
4: what? Five years later, that banner still yeah. hangs up. Yeah, that fog yeah. Because look, you can't,
3: <laughs> yeah, Kansas had the easiest easiest draw, and then it even opened up further for them. So yeah. it's like. Okay, you know they've been lucky, yeah. Nobody lucky lucky enough down. to win the lucky enough to win that title that I took a picture of. By the way, when I went to Fall Allen Fieldhouse, I certainly took a picture of that national title. Yeah. I'm like, we want one of these. Exactly. Can we get one
4: of these? There are no asterisks on banners.
3: Yes. <laughs> just, yes. just Wins baby. And then you look at like the history, and it's like, man, all oh, oh, the the wall of all the players in the Hall of Fame, and Naismith's rules of basketball, the original rules that they had, like, a little wing dedicated in Fog and Fieldhouse. That's where I went in halftime. I was like, I don't know. I want to stay here. I don't know if I want to come back and watch the second half, you know, seeing your alma mater get their ass beat <laughs> yeah, as, as I'm doing the same tonight. <laughs> can't win every game. <laughs> no. No, can't win them all. But Indiana, you can just see, do they have any gas left? And that's what I think your point was absolutely spot on. When you play those high-leverage games, man, they just look a step slower in the team in green and white, and you got the team in green and white with that crowd motivating them and everything that has happened on campus. Yeah. You know, it looked like a slam-dunk spot for Michigan State.
4: We'll continue to talk some college hoops as well as some NFL action when we begin hour number three here on recent Live Bet tonight.
2: If you are looking for a
0: betting edge on the biggest games, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for just 9 dollars and get access to the best betting talent and so much more. VEASAN Pro subscribers receive... From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is
4: going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
2: Zumo Play.